This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Cendalan. everyone, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic with me, Sharmila Ganesan. And today I'm joined by Karis Lok, who is Comics and Illustrations Editor over at New Narrative. Karis, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Sharmila. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you because, um, well, we're reviewing something that's really right up your alley, I think. Um, we're reviewing a, a cartoonist's exhibition. Um, cartoonist is, I think, quite a broad term because there are works in this exhibition that sort of extend to other types of illustrations as well. But essentially, it's an exhibition called Human Rights in ASEAN, The Cartoonist's Perspective. Uh, that's happening over at craftora.com. And it's there till the 30th of July. So it's free for viewing online. Uh, Anyone can log on and just catch it. And um, essentially what the show does is it puts together a collection of um, cartoon illustration works by illustrators around the Southeast Asian region. Uh, It's curated by Zuna, who is, of course, uh, Malaysian, uh, one of our best known cartoonists. And all of the works are broadly themed under the human rights banner, highlighting issues to do with human rights. Um, So I think overall, I wanted to say that for me, the idea of this was very interesting because it allows uh, viewers to actually be able to experience very different works, works from different countries um, in one space. And I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, And I think that the place I wanted to start at was to ask you what your overall impressions were of the exhibition. I think for me, like you said, um, the the value of having an exhibition like this is gathering artists from different countries, um, different backgrounds, and putting them together so that people can kind of see their work in one place. Because I think, you know, normally when we are looking at cartoons, let's say in the newspaper or on social media, um, directly on artist feeds, you are very often only seeing one artist um, and it obviously is determined by the social media algorithms, right? So you're very unlikely to come across work by people who are not in your circles uh, or who are making work very different to what you normally see. Um, And so I think it's great that something like this kind of brings together um, different artists and like different types of work. Um, so when you're weaving it, you not only get to you know, look at individual work, but you're also comparing across countries, across themes, um, and even multiple works by the same artist. Like how are they kind of approaching different subjects? So I wanted to just say that um, while it's called ASEAN, um, the countries that are specifically featured are Malaysia, Indonesia, Myanmar, Philippines, and Thailand. And the ratio of artists from each country are not necessarily equal either. So there are lots of artists from, uh, say, both Indonesia and Malaysia, but from uh, Myanmar, for instance, we only have two artists. Uh, But overall, it's a fair number of works to look at, 38 cartoonists, 81 uh, works that are presented. What did you make of the theme? Um, Do you think that having the theme of human rights under which all of these works sit, was that something that worked for you? Would you have preferred something looser or perhaps something more specific? I think depending on the goal of the exhibition, if, you know, the goal here was to show like a breadth um, of work, then something like that kind of general theme um, would work. Um, although in that case, I guess it's a lot harder to curate it, right? Because how do you kind of present the work? I think in 
the way they've done it is they've grouped the artists by country. So you're grouping by nation state essentially and not um, thematically. And then each artist's work um, is on their individual page. So I wonder what, you know, how viewers would have seen it differently. For example, we were um, given pages which grouped you know, different artists' work around the same topic. So there's quite a few of them on, let's say, environmental rights, um, indigenous rights. There's a couple on you know, women's issues. Um, and so I think it could be interesting to have pages that are devoted to those themes um, instead of, I think, ordering it by artists, right? Because like categories are arbitrary. It's essentially what we decide. Um, so yeah, I think that that's something that I wished um, could have been explored a bit more in the way the work was presented. I agree. Um, my I think my problem or, or uh, difficulty wasn't with the theme itself, but the fact that it was divided by country meant also that there was a lack of almost um, specificity to some of the issues. Um, many works were just about human rights. The works themselves almost literally used human rights as a trope or a visual within the, whether as words or whether presented by imagery. Um, and to me, without being from that context, without coming from Indonesia, for example, or, or the Philippines, um, I might know some of their geopolitical issues, but not all. And so sometimes I felt like they weren't as powerful as perhaps if they had been exactly, as you said, presented by theme, um, or perhaps even grouped together under um, other ways that might be more interesting and more relatable for us. I did like, though, that, and again, I think this speaks to perhaps my familiarity with certain events. So, um, of course, all of the works from Malaysia I could relate to, and therefore I found those easier to understand and what the context was. Something like the Bangkok protests, which um, showed up in multiple works in Thailand, um, or the junta in Myanmar, those were images that I understood as well. And so, therefore, that kind of specificity helped more than, I think, that broad grouping of just human rights. And, and I think in some ways that specificity is also visible or the lack of specificity is visible in the uh, visuals they use because I also found that I was drawn much more to the works that were specific. So if you're looking at stuff that is particularly about Indigenous land rights or stuff that's particularly about um, women and exploitation, when the image spoke to me strongly, I found that it stayed with me more than the more general kinds of illustrations. Yeah, and I think you've brought up a really interesting point about visual tropes, right? Because I think, um, especially for political cartoons, one of the, the like the tools in their toolkit essentially are visual uh, tropes and symbols that the general public understands. You know, so if you have the kind of like scales of justice, um, you have a big military tank, you know, to kind of imply um, state violence, um, and then there's the you know, giant hand smashing someone down, like, uh, like this fist that's unconnected to a specific person and it's meant to represent like general kind of um, force and power. So I think genre-wise, there, there are always going to be, you know, certain visual tropes that political cartoonists use. But I think the ones that really kind of stick with me are the ones that use, um, use the visual language a bit differently. So... Um, for example, I think in Thailand, the one where, you know, the guy's doing the three-fingered salute and then uh, um, 
that the government comes along for a cage and kind of slams it down. And then the bars of the cage are, I think the, the shape is kind of reflected in, you know, the hundreds of new hands that kind of mm-hmm. appear to give that three finger salute. Um, so it's not just, for example, doing a cartoon where there's people behind bars. Um, that's like the usual visual trope for imprisonment. But taking the visual language and like doing a new spin of it. Yeah, I think another one that kind of stood out with how specific it was, was uh, um, Sarah's piece on, you know, the period checks in schools. Um, so that's something that's really specific and it's using very specific symbols to Malaysia that anyone in Malaysia would recognize. Um, and in that sense, it gives the, the issue like, you know, yeah, specificity, because obviously this is something that happens in other countries as well. Um but in this case, um, even the use of color, she's bringing in like red and black, which are also often used to kind of symbolize oppression and force. I loved Sarah Jones, um, that particular illustration, because it was very powerful. Um, and, and I think she's a great one to bring up in relation to what you mentioned earlier, the, the kind of visual language, right? Uh, so we are actually reviewing an exhibition of political cartoons. It's called Human Rights in ASEAN, The Cartoonist's Perspective. It's curated by Malaysia Zunar. Uh, it's currently available to be viewed at craftora.com. And it's up till the 30th of July. Uh, so I'm reviewing this with Karen. Chris Lok, who is the comics and illustration editor at New Narrative, will be continuing our review after this on Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm joined by Karis Lok, who is the Comics and Illustrations Editor at New Narrative. And together we're reviewing an online exhibition called Human Rights in ASEAN, The Cartoonist's Perspective. So we've spent quite a bit of time talking about what the exhibition contains and some of the um, elements or some of the works that are there. I wanted to hone in um, a little bit more on specific works. Were there particular artists or particular works that stood out to you? You mentioned um, Sarah Joan earlier. Anyone else that caught your attention? I think in general, the Thai cartoonists, like a lot of their work stands up because I think they are also coming from a slightly different place in terms of like you know, the history of cartoons, maybe in Thailand, the kind of work that they're looking at. So yeah, just looking at their their stuff, um, even stylistically, it's quite different from some of the others. And I just really like the, well, this doesn't have a title. It's called Artwork One um, by Nutawat, where it's the, I think it's the riot police who are kind of going after the protesters and it's playing also with the idea of like music and like being muted um, and sound. And it's it's really using, you know, that whole device of like sound effects and like visual effects in comics to kind of imply this like motion and all this stuff going on in the piece. There's yeah, and it's vibrant, it's in your face. Um the dictator guy is giving it a thumbs up and like happily listening to music. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like sound and music isn't something I've seen in many of the other works. Um, a lot of times in 
cartoons, you have people who are kind of holding up placards or signs and that's like the written language. Um, but there are ways to convey things without having to use words as well. So some of my favorites um, were really across the board, but I just wanted to pick out a few. Um, one that I liked very much, and, and uh, it's by an Indonesian uh, Indonesian artist called Den Dede, um, and that's a, a work called Man with Puppet. And it's relatively simplistic in that it essentially features um, what looks like a powerful man, a rich man perhaps, holding a puppet of um, a person who looks less well-to-do. Um, and it's it's a deceptively simple image of what it means when people say, well, we're the same, when in reality, really they're not. Um, and similarly, I think uh, a similarly very simple but powerful image was actually by Zuna. And I think this one stood out to me only because Zuna's works generally tend to be extremely cartoonish. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. And they sort of have a lot of little funny details and words. But um, the one that stood out to me the most was one that is uh, making a commentary on death in custody. It's essentially just bars and a splash of blood in the shape of a person. Um, and I think there's something really powerful about the simplicity and the starkness of that image that stuck in my mind. And in contrast, um, one of the probably the most complicated and filled uh, pieces was um, by a Malaysian artist called uh, Sarah Wahid. And it's a piece called Deserving Babies. And it's just a really beautifully illustrated work of um, three different children and um, this idea of privilege and how um, for some people getting somewhere is much easier and, and for others it really isn't. But it's done in such a, I don't know, there's so much to look at in that illustration. There's so much to focus on. The uh, motifs are truly beautiful, but also give you pause and get you to think about what you're looking at. Um, so those were some of the works that stood out for me. Overall, though, I did want to say that the thing that stood out to me the most about the exhibition was actually how few women there were. Yeah, I think both in terms of the artists and in the works themselves, right? Um, and perhaps and so naturally, that, maybe those things are linked, right? Yeah, because, um, you know, I actually went and counted so out of the 81 cartoons, um, 43 of them have only male subjects. And, and in terms of gender, we're talking about like what most people would perceive as male, um, the way that they're kind of portrayed in the art. So 43 have like only male subjects, uh, 19 have like a mix. Um, there's a few where it's kind of undefined or ambiguous. And then only five out of the 81 cartoons have only women. And the majority of these are by the women artists, uh, quite unsurprisingly. Mm. So I think as an artist and as also someone who commissions other artists, you know, to make work on issues, um, including human rights, I I think it's quite interesting if you have a cartoon where you're saying like, okay, this person is representing, you know, like a country's uh, citizenship or like this particular group, for example, let's say an indigenous group. Um, why does a person have to be a guy? Um, or, you know, why would a person in power have to be, let's say, a man in a suit? And, like, there's a reason why these tropes exist, right? And, like, they kind of reflect reality a bit. Um, but on the other hand, I think you can do very interesting things as an artist if you're kind of actively working against uh, the tropes sometimes. 
How easy or difficult is it um, on the part of an exhibition from a curation perspective to find this kind of diversity? So, I mean, I'm just thinking, just from a glance, the Malaysian artists are probably the most balanced in terms of gender. There there are a fair number of women. And of course, Zuna is is himself Malaysian. Um, Whereas the Indonesian artists, even though there are so many of them, there's only one woman in the entire lineup and all of the others are men. So, I guess my question is along the lines of, is this a reflection of a lack of female representation in the field? Or is it also simultaneously a representation of perhaps not being able to reach that kind of diversity when you're working across borders? Yeah, well, I obviously don't have any empirical evidence to say things for the the latter, but I think the former is definitely not true. I think it's only true if you have a very narrow definition of who a cartoonist is. So let's say for like the Thai democracy protest, right? If you are on Twitter a lot like me um, and you've been following the hashtags where artists in Thailand are posting protest art, um, a lot of those are made by young illustrators and like, you know, young uh, women or non-binary illustrators. Um, And they would not call themselves political cartoonists. I think a lot of people would not see them as political cartoonists, uh, but they are making work about the same issues that you know the people in this exhibition are making work about. Um, so yeah, maybe it also boils down to um, where you're looking for the artists, because if you look for them on social media, there's going to be a certain demographic. If you are looking around a certain uh, theme or issue, there's also going to be a a difference in who's who cares enough to make work about that issue, um, I think is also quite interesting. So, for example, like women's rights, right? You know, um, are people across the board making work about it, or only the women artists? Um, and why why is that the case, or like you know, why should that be the case? I just wanted to close off the conversation um, by perhaps taking it back to what we started with, um, which is what do you think the value is of work exhibitions like these, of bringing together um, this kinds of works from a particular region? Ultimately, I guess the question is why, why if you would, would you recommend this to people? Um, I think it's, it's good for people who maybe don't normally look at works like this to also expand the idea of like you know what art can be and what art can say. Um, the idea that this exhibition can be taking place online, um, you know, accessible to anyone who knows about it with an internet connection is quite powerful. Um, and I do hope people are sharing the work or the, the exhibition on social media because that also adds to its reach. Um, because when they're sharing work like this, it often sparks conversations about the topics themselves. And it's a way for them to maybe talk to their friends or their family or colleagues about a certain issue. And I think from the artist's point of view, you know, being in this kind of ex- group exhibition is often very useful for artists because you're getting to know your peers in other countries, um, getting inspired by the work that they do. And hopefully, you know, this this leads to future kind of collaborations or uh, future opportunities as well. 
I completely agree with everything you just said. And I just wanted to expand a little bit on what you talked when you went, when you said accessible. I think the great thing about cartoons and, and that's exactly why that form is so popular. The great thing about cartoons is their accessibility. The fact that they can get across complex, difficult, com- um, complicated points, um, with, deceptive simplicity. Um, and they kind of appeal to such a wide variety of people who don't necessarily have to think of themselves as art people. And so I, I think I'm always very excited about these kinds of shows, primarily for that reason, that they uh, are able to communicate ideas that I think are very important, but in ways that don't feel like they're talking down and in ways that can be very easily digested. And for that alone, I think I would I would recommend that people log on and catch this exhibition, um, if only to look at the ways in which so many artists in this region are engaging with these issues. Uh, thank you, Karis, for joining me to review this today. Thanks. Um, it was a pleasure. That was Karis Luke, who is Comics and Illustrations Editor at New Narrative. And together, we've been reviewing an online exhibition called Human Rights in ASEAN, The Cartoonist's Perspective. It's curated by Malaysian cartoonist Zunar, and it's currently available at craftora.com. It's up until the 30th of July. Let us know, are you a fan of cartoons? Who are some of your favourite illustrators? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chendale. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, visit www.baskl.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.